The Christian life cannot be reduced to a man-made list of things to do and not to do. However, when God gives a specific list in Scripture, we must take careful note of His priorities. Today, we examine the Lord's to-do list found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Let's join Scott Pauley now as we uncover divine instructions for the last days. From the very beginning of time, the devil has done everything he could to divide man from God-ordained authority. For example, when did he come after Eve? He came after Eve when Adam was not around. He sought to drive a wedge between Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Immediately then, he goes after their children, and he seeks to bring some division between Cain and Adam and Eve. And uh, do you see the disruption that the devil loves to bring? And of course, ultimately, he's trying to divide us from the ultimate authority, which is God. Uh, did you know that the devil does that not only in families? He does it in church families. We've come in our list of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, this, this to-do list that God has given to his children in light of the soon return of Jesus Christ, to a couple of very interesting verses. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 12 says, And we beseech you, brethren, now, those are strong words. Uh, those are words that are imploring words. They're heart words, lots of emotion. Literally, we beg you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake, and be at peace among yourselves. You'll remember that we began this, this list from the Lord with a fight. We, we have a spiritual battle. We've got to know who our enemy is, be sober, and be ready for the spiritual warfare that's coming at us on all sides. But now we come to a word of peace. Peace in a world of war. God says, I want peace among my people. As a matter of fact, the last time we studied together, we concentrated on the word together. Do you remember the word? In verse number 11, it says, Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. And then immediately, he says, And we beseech you, brethren. So we're encouraging not only one another, fellow church members, fellow believers, but he says, You need to know those that labor among you and are over you in the Lord. Don't just look around you. Look at those who are over you in the Lord. Did it ever dawn on you that your pastor is a Christian too? that the person that's over you and that's leading uh, the local church where you are, that he, though he is an under-shepherd, is also one of the Lord's sheep? Who ministers to the minister? Who encourages the encouragers? Uh, who blesses those who are such a blessing to us? And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. We all expect the pastor to minister to us, to pray for us, to teach us, to encourage us. Uh, but do you realize that the Lord says that the people have a great responsibility to those that are over them in the Lord? We're not only to be together as a church family, we're to be together with spiritual leadership, those that lead us and those that feed us. And notice a couple of thoughts here. First of all, what is our duty? Our duty is twofold. He says, first, to know them, verse 12, and second, to esteem them in verse 13. And to know them doesn't simply mean you know who they are. 
I always get amused when I ask people, where do you go to church? And they tell me the name of some church, and I say, oh, that's wonderful. Who's the pastor there? And they don't even know their name. <laughs> that's a bad sign. Uh, certainly, you should know who your pastor is. And uh, your pastor is not some distant person uh, that you may even listen to from time to time. Your pastor is the shepherd that is leading and feeding the flock right where you are. I'm an evangelist. I travel and preach the Word of God, and I'm very grateful to get to come alongside shepherds and to come alongside flocks and be a help and encouragement to them. But I say to people all the time, love your pastor. I thank the Lord for faithful shepherds. You need to know the ones that are laboring among you and those that are over you in the Lord, those that admonish you right where you are. Know them personally. Do more than know who they are or know their name. Uh, seek to get acquainted with them, to build a real relationship with those who are over you in the Lord. But remember that the relationship should be a respectful relationship because that's the second duty. It is to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. The idea here is to honor them. It doesn't mean that uh, they are more important than any other member in the body. Uh, no, it just means that God has given them this divine assignment. And don't you know that in a world of spiritual warfare that those who are helping lead the charge become special targets of the enemy. You should pray for your pastor today. While you're at it, pray for his wife. Pray for their children. Pray for every member of their family. Pray a hedge of protection around them. Because when the enemy can get one of the leaders, it affects so many of the followers. When the shepherd gets wounded or taken out of the way, the sheep are scattered. And so we need to pray. We need to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. That's our duty to them. And then, not only do you see in this passage our duty, but you see our desire. What is our desire? The end of verse 13 says, And be at peace among yourselves. Our desire is that there be peace and not war. Too much conflict among God's people. Too much criticism. Too freely sometimes we, we sit back and say, Well, I don't agree with that, or I didn't like that, or... Or even, even little things like, you know, that wasn't the preacher's best sermon today. My friend, instead of saying words like that that could tear down or could discourage, make it your business to be an encourager. I'm thinking about a man who's in glory now. I look forward to seeing him someday. But that one man was such a chief encourager to my dad early on in my dad's pastorate. When I was just a boy, I remember watching that man be a blessing to my father. And I'll tell you, when you encourage the preacher, you encourage everybody he ministers to. You're investing in the larger work of the Lord. Be a peacemaker. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they should be called the children of God. If you want to be identified with the God of peace, then make peace. It's not keeping the peace. You've got to work at it. You have to make peace. And that especially works in our relationships with those who are over us. Did you know it's easy to get out of sorts with authority? But be very careful there because I remind you that's one of Satan's chief methods of driving a wedge, of bringing division, of bringing disruption. Be very careful there. Uh, work at being at peace among yourselves. My mind went to the last chapter in the book of Hebrews. We're studying the last chapter of 1 Thessalonians. But in the last chapter of the book of Hebrews, three times this expression is used, them that have the rule over you. And listen to them. Hebrews 13, verse 7. Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. Remember them. What does that mean? 
It means that we are to work at following the example they've given. Then a second time, verse 17, Obey them that have the rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls as they that must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. This is a word of submission. Literally, it's a word of trust. As a matter of fact, the word that is used here for obey is the same word that's used for trust in the very next verse where it says, Pray for us, for we trust we have a good conscience. Look, you may not always understand authority, but you need to be able to trust them and submit to them, follow them as they follow God. And then finally, verse 24, salute all them that have the rule over you. It's a word of encouragement. Speak a kind word. You know the greatest thing you can do for those who are over you in the Lord is pray for them and let them know you're praying for them. Sometimes churches have periods where they have a pastor appreciation time. I think that's very good. But every week you should show appreciation. Every time... Uh, the Word of God is given, you should say, God bless you, the Lord used you to speak to me. Every chance you get, work to be at peace. Know those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord, and esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. We hope you will take the time to read through 1 Thessalonians 5 and ask the Lord to help you do what matters most to Him today. Thank you for listening and praying for this Bible teaching ministry. Find out more at scottpauley.org. We look forward to studying God's Word with you again next time on Enjoying the Journey.